Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Jake Dorse, CIO at Tahoe Forest District Hospital. In this segment, Dorse talks about how his team is targeting low-hanging fruit through its population wellness program, the critical error he believes many organizations make in how they view innovation, and how they're using telemedicine and the expertise of multiple doctors to create individualized treatment plans for cancer patients looking down the road, which we always have to do, <laughs> once you have that, that unified record in place, I, I would imagine that um, start looking towards more uh, like initiatives like population health or just uh, it, anything really that, that's going to be made easier by having that unified record. Yeah, and we're doing a lot of that here now. We've started a program here called Blue Life based on blue zones and the, the predominant color here up in Tahoe area is blue and people identify with that color. Um, but we found a, one of the benefits of working up here is its proximity to Silicon Valley and there's a lot of younger semi-retired or fully retired folks that are living up here that still have a lot of work left in them. And we came across a startup here that was doing um, kind of wearable technologies, over 150 wearables and, and put it into a mobile first social platform. And he approached us about how we could use that for the hospital. And we actually built a product with him for our own self-insured folks to track health insurance information and kind of this live, up-to-date Fitbit data, type of data, wearable data, and our eight years of biometric screening that we've been doing with our employees. So we were able to stratify, risk stratify through those claims data, biometric screening, and you know, up-to-the-minute wearable data um, to do what we call it population wellness. <laughs> it's not really right. population health, but it's a lot of the low-hanging fruit that I think gets bypassed in the population health world, you know, where they dive right into genomics and you have to hire data scientists, yet you've got all these people who might still be smoking or their cholesterol is high or their, their BMI is high. And those are the types of things that we've decided to focus on is that the things that we can actually affect with our own employee population, which hopefully in turn, if we can avoid admissions or health problems, we can reduce our own cost for our own health program. And as we get that wired and we're seeing good results with that now, then we want to open that up and roll that out to our, our local population. And then, you know, the idea is eventually global, global domination with the Blue Light program. Right. Okay. And this will let users, they use an app for uh, purposes of managing their health? Yes. The app is free to anybody that wants to use it. But we push out for our, our population here, our kind of our uh, beneficiaries and their families, you know, everybody that's covered under our plan can join up for um, uh, health coaching if they, if they meet the criteria. So if they have four high-risk categories, then we, we ask them if they would like to be coached and we can help them with our wellness team to, to make better life choices and help them every step along the way to help them reduce those numbers or increase, depending on what it is, but get them out of the red zone, so to speak. Right. And then we also have public walking challenges. We have hydration challenges. We, we ha and we have pretty good turnout. We, we see amazing competitiveness <laughs> with people when we start right. these challenges. But it's, been, it's a really fun app. I've had fun doing it. One of the things that really attracted me to this hospital when we were in the market for a new job was 
the innovation that they have here um, and that they're willing to embrace. It's really refreshing and, and different from other places that I've worked. Yeah. One, one of the things that, that goes along with that, well, first of all, that, that's in your title, which is interesting. You're Chief Information and Innovation Officer. Yes. And so I can see that, that this is a pretty uh, big part of your focus. And, and by having that as your title, it's not separating the two out, which is something that does happen a lot. And granted, some organizations are just gigantic, but do you think that that's something we could start to see more of, really, you know, those two roles uh, married more? I think so. I think when, you look, when you're talking about innovation, a lot of times it involves kind of this new world of, of data science and big data and, you know, the buzzwords drive me nuts, but you know, the, right. machine learning and artificial intelligence, those types. I mean, it's real. Uh, how real it is, is it's how effective, I guess, is it? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it, I go back to our example with the blue life is I don't want to skip over the fundamentals of health that, that we know actually helps people by losing weight, by cutting your cholesterol, by, you know, if you're pre-diabetic, how can we keep you from being a diabetic? Those types of things are not hard to track, and um, if you do the right interventions, you can actually make progress with those types of things. And that doesn't take Hadoop and machine learning and data scientists. And, uh, you know, I hate to see big hospitals skipping over those things and going straight, because they can, going straight into, hey, let's find the one out of one million genetic disorder that we're going to help, you know, it's good that you find that person and you're able to save that person or whatever, or help them. But, you know, what about all the other folks that are going to be a burden on your system going down the road? And I think as we see, you know, more of the value-based payment come into play, then hopefully that paradigm will shift a little bit. Right. Right. So, so all this really feeds into um, the goal that, that Tahoe had set out for in, uh, in creating a unified record, just getting getting yeah. all this uh, in the same place. Getting it all in the same place, and, and again, and I say this a lot, and you hear everybody say, if you put the patient first, then you're going to do okay. And this is a play to make the patient first, to put their, put their records all in one place, make it easy for them, make it easy for them to get treatment here and elsewhere, um, and, and give our physicians the best tools and our nurses and caregivers the best tools that they, they can have to get a longitudinal look at what's going on with, with the particular person. Right. And once, once you're past the go-live, are there plans to go into some of the other uh, EPIC offerings, or is it kind of just kind of see, see how things go for now? Yeah, I think that's a big drive for us. I think w another reason that we really partnered with Mercy is they've got a big virtual play. They built a, a virtual health center out there in St. Louis, which is amazing. And by partnering with them, we would have access to those offerings that they're going to do as well, which will help us in a rural setting. Um, so that was, that was very attractive as well. And I think that's, in my mind, looking out five, ten years from now, I think we're going to see telemedicine really become a lot more utilized than it is currently. Right. And you had mentioned briefly before um, that, that you do some telemedicine work with UC Davis. And is that for a specific area? Right. Yeah, so we're a UC Davis Rural Center of Excellence. Okay. I think we might be the only one. I think there's another hospital uh, applying for it. But there's basically three legs of the stool for that. We, we teach, which is good. So we have a, a rural rotation you know, we see students come up from UC Davis that do a rotation through to see what rural medicine looks like. Okay. Um, that's one part of it. We do research as well. So we have the Tahoe Institute for Rural Health Research, 
which is a mouthful, but that was uh, kind of a brainchild of, the, of some of the forward-thinking folks that were here prior to me. Um, they put some money into this LLC, basically, to go out and find problems and then try to fix them with technology instead of the other way around, which usually happens is someone invents some technology and then you've got to go find a problem for it. Right. Um, so we've had very big success with we're working on a portable blood count monitoring system, and there's been some really uh, – we've, we've gotten National Science Foundation grant funding through that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're working with uh, some of the uh, traumatic brain injury diagnosis because of where we are. Um, those were, these were things that were brought to us for the blood cell, uh, do the home blood monitoring for the CBC is we're in a rural place. One of our uh, main service line here is our cancer treatment, which is also partnered with Davis. But, you know, if you're 45 minutes away and you have to come in to get um, your chemo and you have to get your white blood cell count before you do that and it's high and you've got to go back home, it's very time-consuming and bad, for, especially for people that are sick. So one of the doctors said, hey, if we, if we could come up with a way to do that at home, that would be great. So that's, that's where that rural health and research comes into play. And it's really one of the things when I was interviewing for this position that really intrigued me that this organization would, would actually put money towards those types of things because the idea is, you know, if we could get some of these things to work and to really be a commercial success, and that will help this hospital stay relevant for this community for a longer period of time based on any kind of uncertainty that we see out there, you know, with the ACA and those types of things. So with our, with our cancer program, back to your uh, initial question, we, we do telemedicine. Um, Dr. Heifetz, Dr. Larry Heifetz is the champion of this. He, he actually uh, did a presentation down in Nashville recently. Called this, it's the, he calls it the Synaptic Network where we partnered with all of these other cancer treatment centers. When you come here as a rural patient, your case is going to get reviewed by at least 20 oncologists. On the first five or uh, first four days of the week, that captures 80% of all cancers. So it's uh, breast, skin, uh, GI, and every day is dedicated to those types, specific types of cancers. And then they basically have two large screens. One of them looks like Hollywood Squares with like 20 doctors on it. And then the other one is your chart. And they, they go over the entire chart. Um, they come up with a treatment plan. They work it all out. So you're, you're in a rural setting, but you're really getting world-class cancer treatment diagnosis and treatment planning here at Tahoe Forest. Right. Okay. And so uh, you had said that the telemedicine is something that you think is, is, is finally starting to take off, and it really has a seen its share of kind of starts and stops over the years. And um, you think that things are just reaching a point where it's going to be able to, to get over that hump? Yeah, because I think now you're seeing the insurance companies offer it. Yeah. I yeah. think <laughs> once you see that start happening, then it's, it's going to be just become commonplace. And, and I think when, you know, you see Teladoc, I think I was just reading this morning that they're up 68% over the last quarter. So it's, it's, it's definitely growing. There's more subscriptions and partnerships coming together. You know, the main drawback with telemedicine is nobody figured out how to make money on it with all the, you know, with the state regulations and federal regulations. I think those are starting to go away or, or be minimized in a way via technology that it's, it makes sense now for folks to start doing it. And our telemedicine that we do here with our doc, I mean, you know, we have the typical uh, 
teleneurology and those types of things. And our, but our cancer center is a little unique in the fact that it's, it grew up around this program, and now it's a, a model that, that Dr. Heifetz is really trying to, to push out there to the rest of America to get everybody you know, top-notch cancer treatment that they deserve. Right. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.